He said, boy, if you played country, I could do something for you. I got that Billy Ray Cyrus played, and no one was playing his album, and now he's a superstar. And I said, what? You were on a show with Billy Ray? And he's like, yeah, he was my dad in an episode of 90210. And I said, no way. And I go, I've always wondered, and I told him the story, if my dad is the one that put him on the charts, blah, blah, blah. And he goes, well, he said that he played at Freedom Hall all because of somebody that put him on the radio. Yeah. Hello. And I'm like, what? He said that? It's all about you. I don't think anybody knew. Yeah, I think it just kind of slipped on by. Yeah. Um, so the next week I had to discuss with everyone. Now, of course, the next week we were scheduled in the studio. I had studio time booked to mix the album. And now the singer was gone. So Now what? Yeah, back to the drawing board, right? So I'm trying to save the publishing deal. And I'm like, hey, don't worry about it. We'll get it. We'll get a new uh, singer in here. And they're like, well, are you planning on keeping the songs like they are? I'm like, nope. I'm going to a new singer that's going to write some new lyrics, new melodies, and we'll go from there. So we start auditioning singers. Um, we do a few auditions at SAR. Um, we have to have a you know good PA system to hear the, hear the singer. And then we started... Uh, well, who'd you um, audition? Like what singers? I'm not sure who the because I know first, one. There were a few of them that came in just off of newspaper ads or so and so knows so and so first at um at SIR. <clears throat> Name was Rick Monroe. He was a uh, a younger guy, and um, I think you know I was 21 and he was 18 or 19. Maybe he was even younger than that. I don't know. Um, at the time, he um, was not in a band that I knew of. And I'm not sure how he found out that we were auditioning, but I know he was one of the first guys that, that came over. I, st- I have a Rick Monroe uh, t-shirt. How did you get that? Actually, I don't remember, but I know that JJ, Christina's dad, was in that band. Maybe JJ gave it to me. So I gave it to um, Christina. She wore it for pajamas forever. Well, there you go. <laughs> we wore Rick on our, uh, our chest <laughs> for years. There you have it. <laughs> Like, is he in Nashville doing country music Yeah, now? I think yeah. so. Good for him. That's yeah. really cool. I can't recall anyone else that auditioned on that first round. It was harsh. Because I mean, it was people auditioning that weren't fans of the band, so no one knew how the songs went. Oh. And no yeah. one had any idea. They yeah. just was like, well, I'm here to be a rock star, you know, and just showed up. Yeah. And and singers are the hardest, I think, the hardest um, Oh my gosh. person to cast. Yeah. Cast, singers, that's not the right word. Cast. You well, can tell I'm from a ballet company. <laughs> Right, right. Well, it can be, singers are tough in every aspect. They always have been, always will be. Because, I mean, it's the, you know, the sound of the band, you know, the face of the band. And they have nothing to, like, hide behind. Not a drum set, a guitar. They're up there naked, pulling deep from their soul to, like, you know. How they want to be perceived, that's for sure. So we had some situations go down where Ed was, you know, Ed started the whole thing. 
He was behind Sweet Savage. Sweet Savage fell apart. He befriended Joey, and Joey kept Randy involved. So he was really behind Joey. Absolutely. Joey was what was making Ed Montez from Body Language and Alibi Artist sink his money into the band. So no Joey, Ed kind of backs up a little bit. Now, he's a fan of me, and he's a fan of Randy, and at this point it was Kevin. And um, I was working on a song called Imagination at the time. It's the last chorus and chord progression I played for Joe. Um, But he hadn't had a chance to work on it, or at least didn't give anything to me if he had. And so we did a rehearsal. While we were waiting on singers to show up, I started singing that. And um, Ed was like, well, okay, great. You just be the singer. After having someone like Joe up front, you don't want to just say, yeah, I'm, I'm the next singer. Even though that has happened to you maybe two other times. They're just like, you should just be the singer. It has. Me and some other people that are in the band later on down the line, there's there's a few times that does happen. This is the first time. I don't have those kind of chops. I'm a guitar player. So Ed kind of backed out a little bit. He um, hooked us up with a new place to live over in the valley, right down the street from the alley, the place that... On uh, Hartsook. The, yeah, I still the, remember that. That's right, Hartsook. It was a brand new apartment building. And it was a building that had just been built. One of the girls that danced for body language was... We managed it, The manager. So she wanted to fill the place up because if she filled the place up, she got her free apartment. Oh. And so he's like, okay. And so we had two or three apartments in there. Um, but I was not allowed to be there. Again, No one was allowed to be there that wasn't paying rent. The manager was still kind of into us, but he really put us on our own. He, so he gave, us, he gave us all jobs to drive girls to bachelor parties on nights that we weren't playing shows. So if the band wasn't playing, we would, um, of course, we would have to have, have to have a car in order to do that. And occasionally he let a few people use his car. So he was cool about that. I think Randy used his car. And um, I used Maria's car. Oh, yes, you did. I, I let you use my car. Yeah, super, super cool. And um, he put Tom, I think, in charge of policing the whole situation. Um, <laughs> he didn't want anyone other than the band staying at the the apartments that we had over there. So we snuck Maria into the... Walk-in closet. The walk-in closet. Because the guy, he ended up being in a different apartment, so he didn't check that often. At first, he was in the same apartment. Yeah, and no, then, it was kind of. And it was too many of us thing. in one apartment, so everyone kind of split up. And um, I was sharing a bedroom with someone, probably Kevin. So you know, we snuck Marie in, made a little bedroll because we're thinking, you know, they just don't want the management to know that there's so many extra people mm-hmm. in here, et cetera, whatever it was. And it was the walk-in hall closet. It wasn't even a bedroom closet. It was a hall closet, and it was on the bottom floor. It was cement because I remember just it wasn't comfortable at all. Oh, yeah. The old concrete floor. Yeah. Yeah. I was always scrambling, where am I going to sleep tonight? Gets old. Yeah. Yeah, at this point, you know, she's been doing, we've both been doing a little bit, but Maria more so than I for years. Yeah. My mom and sister came out to visit me. Well, no, they probably didn't come out to visit me. I think they were on vacation. Right. And they let me stay in their hotel room. And Pretty big deal at the time, staying in a hotel room. Yes. 
Oh, tell Ben. Oh, my God. A shower, hot <laughs> a water. Holy crap. <laughs> right? That's yeah. true. I never even thought of it in that way. But yeah. So I think they went to bed at like nine because they're on Kentucky time. What? That's like midnight their time. And I wasn't tired at nine. I'm I'm used to living in, you know, band life. So <laughs> at like two in the morning. So anyways, about three nights in when I'm watching TV until after midnight, um, my mom's like, I can't take this any longer. Where can I drop you off? And I said, I really don't have anywhere to go. I don't think she really understood that I really didn't have anywhere to go. I wasn't allowed in the closet. <laughs> I just didn't know where to go. And she goes, well, where can I drop you off? I said, um, I guess Laurel Canyon in Santa Monica, because I knew body language was right there, and I thought I could find somebody. And I think I found somebody to drive me back up to the Laurel Canyon house where another so, band was living. So you didn't even have her drop you off at the Laurel Canyon house. Well, that's at because that time, I didn't you were just know. like not you were like so you just had her drop you off at body language because Oh, right, right. I so then when I just got somebody to drive me oh to the God. Laurel Canyon house because I knew another band had moved in. But I didn't know who they were, so I was like knock 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 knock. And then this new band opens the door, and I was like, hi, I used to live here. Holy cow. I have nowhere to stay. Can I stay here tonight? And they're like, come on in. I don't even know the name of the band. Right. But I know we stayed there for a while because one of the guys worked at Mrs. Fields Cookies, and every day he would bring the whole band Mrs. Fields cookies because nobody was eating in this band either. Right, right. So I remember eating Mrs. Fields cookies, and it was I really after this. I don't know how long we were doing this for. I will never eat Mrs. Fields cookies again. But apparently, one time they brought some that had peanut butter in it, and nobody really knew. But I'm extremely allergic to peanut butter, and I started going into anaphylactic shock. They were really sweet about everything because that's kind of embarrassing when you're, you know, there's no phone. Are they going to call an ambulance? No. <laughs> no one had a car. <laughs> I mean, how dangerous, really? I don't really remember what happened. I just remember them being really sweet about it. They might have got a hold of you because I feel like you came. I, I remember showing up at that house. I remember staying there, too, and I don't I recall how any of it happened. I don't. And I know that I don't either, another really. part story is, so Ed had moved us to Hartsook over there by, by the alley. And um, he, because other bands had been to the house, they thought it was a big deal. And someone, another band approached, they found out Ed, that was Ed's house. So they offered to rent the house from Ed, but they only had enough money for one month. Oh. And so Ed thought, wow, I'm going to make money off of this. And I'm putting these guys over here to stay for free. And I'm really, you know, blah, blah, blah. Because he was always manipulating everything. Mm. And then I ended up backfiring his face because the next month, they didn't have any money. Obviously, because you, you know, when you were staying there, they didn't have enough money to even Mm -hmm. eat. No. So it's like they moved, you know, one of those things where they probably came from who knows where, had a little bit of money, they pulled it together, they got the place and hopes. I don't even remember what band it was. I don't remember everybody's name. Isn't that weird? I can't even picture anybody. I can't. I can picture the one guy that opened the door, but okay. I just, 
I have no idea. And I don't even know how long I stayed. It seemed like forever because one day just with nothing, nothing to do, it's, you know, tick. Oh, I mean the whole the whole pal Joey part of this, which like here we are like on episode whatever eight or something. Mm-hmm. It was just a few months. I know. I know the whole thing seemed like it was like years, you know, and this that and the other, and it was like not. I mean, it wasn't even. I mean, maybe it was half a year. So yeah, it was things moved really quick, and we. You know, as I've mentioned a few times, this was not the first time neither Maria nor I was uh, homeless. And, you know, looking back on it, especially Maria, I mean, you started, I don't know, I guess when I, if I was homeless and in a band, it was one thing, but you were just homeless because you didn't agree with your parents, and then you were homeless because you went out with me. And then you're homeless in California because you're not paying rent like the other girls because you're not a stripper. Sorry. Well, I didn't know that you had to pay rent to be there. I thought it was the band house. I thought it was free. I didn't know they were paying. I knew none of this until we started this podcast. Right, right. I found right. out a lot of stuff. This has been interesting. Yes, yes, it has. And then missing pieces start connecting. You're like, oh, that makes sense now, you know? Right, or before it made absolutely no sense. Right. Not that it makes good sense, but it still <laughs> no. connects. <laughs> Yeah. Right, yeah, it's insane. After we got a new singer and things kind of straightened out a little bit, he moved us back into the Laurel Canyon house because that became the Mad Moxie house, oh. which is when a lot of people were first introduced to it. Finally, we she had already got a job, as we mentioned before, mm-hmm. but the job hadn't started yet. You had Ottomans as the backup dancer. There was four backup dancers. There was a blonde that was me. Um, a brunette. That was not her. <laughs> a redhead. That wasn't her. And a, a, a black girl. That wasn't her either. Even though she did have kind of a, a black yeah. butt, it kind of kind of <laughs> went out a lot in the back there. Like a little shelf on it, like, like, like extra onion kind of thing. Oh, thanks. Yeah. So, yeah, so I, I think that they were still under construction and we were doing rehearsals. So my job hadn't started yet, but... I think we just got so sick of, oh my gosh, going from place to place and just not sleep, knowing where we're going to sleep, that we're like, let's look for an apartment. Because you started having some money. Yeah. Well, since I started driving, I started having some money, and we knew that she had a job coming up, and she would have money. So we thought, you know, let's just get the least expensive studio apartment we can find, and we'll be on our own away from all this crap, (laughs) and these people having this holding this stuff over our heads and making decisions for us. Yeah. You know, and um, so we went out shopping for apartments. Around the same time, we were auditioning singers. Talked to two singers in Columbus, Ohio, where I'm Mm. from, um, about the job. And they were both very interested, but they were both a little bit timid. Um, They later both became really excellent singers for their bands and... Um, not timid at all, but during the time, I'm replacing Joey. I need someone that grabs that mic like they own it and steps on the stage. I'm trying to keep a publishing deal. I'm trying to keep gigs. We're a headliner on the Sunset Strip. I mean, I have a, I have a massive, super high criteria here, and these guys just seemed a little timid. And I realized neither one of them from Ohio had been out there to see what that what it was like. You know, um, I had bands 
that we aspired to be like their caliber, like the band named Rosie, who we got the song Fallen from, was a band in Columbus, Ohio that anyone in Columbus area had seen. And I was trying to explain that's that is the level of professionalism, showmanship, et cetera, that we are looking for. And um, one of them didn't, didn't sing. He, he just came to my mom and dad's and talked. I think the other one went to Kevin's garage. And when he sang, again, people didn't know the songs, you know, that, that much, but they knew some cover songs that we were jamming on. They just didn't have exactly what we needed at the time. I don't know if we mentioned before, we when we were on Laurel Canyon the first time, uh-huh. we initially were sleeping in a sleeping bag on the floor. Oh, yeah. And at some point, we were cruising down the street, and we saw that someone set a mattress out. <laughs> so gross. And we're like, oh, look, someone has given oh us gosh. a bed. Yay, this let's is great. take it home. Let's go load it up. Yay, a used bed. Yes, laying <laughs> out in the trash. How great is this? So gross. So gross. And I remember calling my parents, and I'm like, oh, we have a bed. Is Can you send me some money so I can buy sheets? Because I had no money. And they were just like, no. Yeah, her parents were. I was like, what? Like, if, uh, 20 bucks would have helped so much. They were just like, they thought if I suffered long enough, I would come crawling back. Yeah. But in, I didn't know that. I And that wasn't in my mind. I'm like, we're going forward, even though I'm suffering so much. When we've talked about um, what happened with me with no place to stay and no food, and that's a whole other thing with Ed, um, I feel sorry for myself. I'm like, oh my God, that poor little girl. Oh, oh, that's me. Yeah. You know, that's me. Yeah. So we called Shane's parents and they were they sent us sheets. So we at least had sheets on some gross, disgusting mattress that we found on the side of the road. And that was at Laurel Canyon. That was our first That was our first used mattress. Our first yeah, our first bed together. Our first right. <laughs> and you said, Oh, this before they had bed bugs. I doubt that. <laughs> well, no, I, I was talking about before the bed bug epidemic. Oh, Okay. <laughs> I didn't say it was before they existed, but it was before everyone had bed bugs. And if you saw a bed in the trash, you knew that it had bed bugs. Oh, my gosh. I can't so believe. It was, it was, but, you know, we were just naive. So We needed something. And, <laughs> yeah. and, you know, we had our goals set high. That little stuff that was happening at the time mm-hmm. just was little stuff that yeah, that's true. was temporary. It's yeah. not going to be forever. As fast as things were moving it wasn't going to be that long. Yeah, so Ed, well, he would take the band out for, like, lunch or dinner. And, of course, I wasn't allowed to go. And this was especially before he gave us jobs. Yeah. It's another reason that I decided what? to absolutely take the job, because he would take us to yeah, Subway. Tell yeah, tell him about the no doggy bag. Yeah. Yeah. Because I just found this out today, yeah. and I was like, what? No wonder I didn't like him. I didn't even, again, super naive at the time, whatever. I would be like, you know, hey, well, I'll just get a 12-inch sub and have him cut it in half, and I'll take half of it home. He's like, no. Because he no. wanted to feed me and Rob. Yeah. Because we were there starving. We yeah. hadn't, I mean, they at least got, you guys got a meal every day. Yeah, right, exactly. I didn't. Didn't mean that neither one of you guys did, right? But I do remember you went out to a fancy dinner one night, and I'm like, bring me home something, and you didn't. And I can't remember what you said, but then this all makes sense that you told me this today. And I was like, well, oh, Ed, my God. Ed was, uh, he wanted to appear very highbrow. And when he was taking the band out, even the subway, um, he liked to have like a little, you know, band meeting. And he was like, you eat whatever you order. And if there's anything left, 
don't low class it out and ask to take it with you. I don't believe. I bet you he just, just didn't want us to do that. They wanted us to shoo, shoo, shoo away. Right. It was probably part of yeah. the secondary yeah. plan. He was like, "I'll make sure they don't even get table scraps." <laughs> and he would not. And he didn't want anyone walking out. He's like, "What if you know someone's snapping a picture of the band? You don't want to be holding a doggy bag." I mean, you had all these angles, and we're just like, "Okay, whatever." We're just happy to get something, of course. Yeah. Um, but he was, uh, yeah. So, and we. A couple of places he took us was really nice. I mean, we went out and had pigeon at some Indian place and all this stuff like that. But again, you know, he's like, "Are you hungry? Or, I mean, are you sure you're going to eat all that?" He was like, "Super, super tight." And I know a lot of people that have money mm-hmm. are tight, and that's yeah. how they. That's part of how they have money. Because, mm-hmm. but yeah, he uh, he was tight, and he did not want anyone other than the band eating what he paid for. He so, was trying to prove a point. La di da. Okay. So that was another reason to get. <laughs> yeah. Once that I was working, I was just like, okay. And to get our own apartment, let's just get out of all that. So we went looking around for apartments and uh, all over town. I mean, it days. You know, we were just like days and days looking. I don't even know how you did that back then. Maybe a, a newspaper or yeah, something. Yeah, recycler, the newspaper yeah. or something. Yeah. And we go look, and I remember just oh my, it was really hard. And uh, we, I guess we were tired of it, and I just wanted to get out. And I'm like... I remember the one place we ended up is uh, Charlie Chaplin's oh, yeah. place where he used to live. There was a little tiny place there. But another thing, we would have moved probably to any place. But, you know, they were even strict back then. They're like, well, do you guys have some credit? Do you guys have a job? Do you have do you a have, phone number? Do you have no. proof of this? We had what's, nothing. What's your current address? <laughs> do you have proof of that? Do you have driver's license? We didn't have anything. I had a driver's license. Well, you did. Yeah. You're right. You I did went. not. I don't I mean, know. I had a driver's license, but it was from Ohio. I don't know how we even got approved for the... Finally, we find... I, well, it was on Beachwood, and I said, I don't even care if this place has burnt orange carpet, because, you know, I don't like that color. Let's. We have to just take this. I'm so tired of looking. And it was I, actually burnt. You said, I think I said, I don't give a crap if it even have has windows. <laughs> and she said, I don't care <laughs> if it has if it has orange shag <laughs> carpet because that means it would have been like from the 70s <laughs> and bigger than hell. <laughs> we walked we in the door. We found a place on Beachwood. Now Beachwood <laughs> is the road that drives. It's directly under the Hollywood sign. So I mean, literally from the front yard of this place. You look up, and there's the Hollywood sign. So it's very inspiring, I thought. Yeah, and it's a nice neighborhood, or it was back then. It yeah, was nice. Yeah, that market there. Yeah, it was nice. You get a little further up. and I mean, the street was nice and everything, so you're like, oh, we, we, we have to get this. And we knew it was yeah. going to be like way too much, or they weren't going to accept us, or whatever. And the person was just so sick of seeing people, the fact that we actually had the money to get in there at the time it was only $400 was enough and it was just one and room <laughs> it was one room with burnt orange shag carpeting <laughs> and it had like a slider window i'm trying to remember where that stupid window was i just remember it just had it had one window and it wasn't big and you could not see through it <laughs> so it was either one of those little ones in the shower it was somewhere in the kitchen area, like I don't even know where the kitchen, what you want to call it, because it was a studio apartment. You know? And we didn't have any furniture. We just had Shane's milk crates. Road, no, we had your road cases. And milk crates. Oh, and milk crates? Those pink milk yeah. crates. Oh, yeah, those are ugly. Yeah. Um, so we found some more furniture, but we found it 
at the Beechwood Apartments, like somebody moved out and left stuff, and we just moved it over to our house. And within a few days, someone moved out and left a bed. So that was our second <laughs> mattress. So gross. Okay. And my parents, bless their hearts. Bless sent, their hearts. Sent, uh, I said, well, what, what size is the mattress? And it's like, well, I don't know, full size. Well, send or, you some sheets. And they sent us a whole set of sheets. Woohoo! And I think, man, I'm pretty sure we trash picked the pillows too. It, oh, I mean, it, I only want to think about it. Just yeah. kind of, yeah, yeah. It was pretty gnarly. And um, Maria's job started. Yes, my job started, and it was fairly close. I we should go well, see how many miles. I think it was about a mile. I think it was farther because we're up Beachwood, Idaho, because. Shane took okay. My my job was on the weekends. So Shane worked on the weekends. Right. So depending on the time I was working, I sometimes could drop her off. Right. But a lot usually of the times, not because I had to be there she at did, ten. She didn't have to be there till later. Yeah. And I had to be at my work by like seven, six yeah. or seven. I, no. So so um, I would walk down Beechwood and go down Gower all the way to Sunset and walk over. Sunset to Wilcox. It was for the back. people that are Hollywood yeah. savvy. You'll know exactly where Sunset and Wilcox yeah. is. Well, it's the Hollywood Athletic Club. And and back then that neighborhood wasn't good. I mean, I passed the homeless people. I used to. Well, I saw the same ones all the time. And she would do a different um, route. She had a, like three or four different routes. Yeah. And I would have to take all my hair was real long blonde. I'd have to put it inside of a coat or something because that would cause too many people. To like yell out their window. I don't know. I just felt very vulnerable, you know. Oh my God, those areas. Those areas were not like. What am I thinking? So I walk to the job and I get done at like two in the morning. And I have to walk back. And there's been a few yeah. times I forgot my key, and I Shane wasn't home till later. I'd slept on outside waiting for him yeah. on the doormat. At least yeah. our little neighborhood was kind of safe. Yeah, we never. Yeah, that's back then, true. There was. Once you made it to the neighborhood. Yeah, I wasn't scared in the neighborhood. I was just scared walking down and seeing what could happen. We're way off course because I want to hear why you picked the singer that you did. Okay, well, <clears throat> we tried a few good singers um, at the alley, which is right down from Hartsook. So we could leave our equipment at the alley. And we'd book block out, you know, days at a time, and we could even leave it set up in, in the same room. And um, we could, again, half a block. We lived half a block from there. And uh, we'd walk down there, and um, one of the singers um, was uh, Sean. Sean Crosby. Yeah, he later ended up in a band called Jones Street. Street, which... <gasps> JJ, Christina's dad, was in Jones Street. That's correct. Yeah, all these weird yeah, JJ connections JJ was throughout. the... Uh, yeah. Bass player. Yeah. Still a bass player. Yeah. I think, I think he still plays. Yeah. And um, so Sean sang for a while, and Ed, our manager, liked Sean a lot. I like Sean. And he's got a, you know, he's got a definite lead singer vibe and attitude, and he's a good singer. Mm. You know? Um, nice looking. Just, you yeah. Know, hey. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think. There's somebody else we tried out that was pretty good, too. That's the only one I remember meeting. Yeah. I just happened to be there that day. And then um, the one that we actually, that we kept was uh, Tommy John. And Tommy was the exact opposite of every other singer, at least, that we tried out. And most singers on on the strip were, were light-haired. Oh. And, and, um, 
And so we were just like, you know what? We're going to go with a complete opposite thing. I mean, John Karabi was dark-haired. Um, mm. Adam from Paradise had dark hair. And, man, I guess the guy from Brunette, since they all had <laughs> they all had dark hair. But not many, you know, very, very few. Wild, Johnny from the Wild had dark hair. Yeah. So it was just a few. And, um, you know, some of them were kind of ethnic-looking and different things, which, you know, we found out later could have caused some issues. Tommy um, looks like... The singer from Journey. Oh, he always reminded me of him. He reminded a lot of people of that. Yeah. And, then, um, and a male stripper. Tommy, <laughs> right. But this is a combination of, a, of Steve Perry and uh, some male stripper, right? <laughs> Not body stripper-wise. The way he moved as a singer. Because, you know, when you think of a male stripper, you think of Chippendale's big, beefy guy. Grinding on somebody. Yeah, no, 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 no. Not that. More girly. Grinder. Oh, my gosh. What is that? That's a Judas Priest song. Oh, okay. (laughs) So, yeah. Tommy Tommy had a very uh, sensual approach to the lead vocal position. But he, um, where Tommy excelled was um, he was very hardworking. to put him in front of people, he was an absolute natural, the same as Joe. Um, just being on stage was his happy place. People could heckle, people could do whatever they wanted, and he kept it entertaining, kept it rolling. I could have something catch on fire on my side <laughs> of the stage. Oh, my goodness. And he was interesting enough that he could start talking or telling a story, and the fire department could come, put the fire out, we could hook something else up, and I could tell you I'm ready, and no one would even notice any of that stuff. And um, there's you know, very few singers that have that ability. He was a front man, is what he was. He was yeah. an absolute 80s-style front man. Um, and like he was I, your friend. And the aspect yeah. that I knew him, and I had just, mm-hmm. even though Joe was from my general area, I didn't grow up with Joe. Not that I grew up with Tommy, but... Um, you know, Joe's older than me. Tommy's about the same age. Um, Tommy and I had some some um, mutual friends. We're from the same hometown, and um, I just you know felt good about the whole thing. I felt like he was going to be there. You didn't think he would leave you because you just had someone. Yeah, I didn't want that to happen. Yeah. I mean, yeah. and and um, he um, actually at some point he actually Tommy got the script to do audition for. Skid Row, which was oh. a put-together band. At least that's what we'd heard on the strip at that point, that they, someone had written the majority of the songs, and they found everybody for the for the places. And they ended up with someone who played in Ohio a lot, Sebastian Bach, who mm-hmm. used to play in a band called Madam X, mm-hmm. where it had two girls and one guy, and Sebastian, mm-hmm. which was questionable. You weren't sure exactly at that time if he was a girl or a guy. Or it's that's like, true. Oh, well, a lot of guys you know, like that. Yeah, what, what exactly is he? And Tommy also was in that um, movie, The Decline of the Civili- Civilization. The Western Civilization. Oh, yeah, Decline of Western word. Civilization. And, um, right, that was a yeah. movie at the time. He was in it with Rick Fox. That's actually mm-hmm. where Tommy, Tommy was in a band with Rick Fox when he auditioned for our band. And one, another one of the keys is Tommy knew the song Fallen that we did by heart. Oh, because he was from Ohio. So he was a huge Rosie fan. Oh, okay. And so he belted that out immediately. 
at twice the volume anyone else even attempted it. Because he had the confidence. And everybody was yeah. like, oh, wow, okay. Now we're, now we're cooking with gas. Now we can hear it. And um, I mentioned he uh, it was super hardworking. And um, he was also creative and immediately would have different melodies and lyrics for songs that I'd written for Joe. So you could keep all the songs and just change all the words. And I was like, and we can go in the go. studio, redo all the lead vocals and backgrounds, and we still have an album. We're moving forward. So thought that was going to go pretty smooth. Ed wasn't a huge, he was not a huge Tommy fan. Um, unfortunately, as soon as we did our first few gigs and Criterion Publishing sent the producer Randy out and um, Terry Wright and the other people at the, at the uh, company came out they all passed on Tommy now we'd already played a few gigs and he felt like part of the band and the uh, you know mm-hmm. the deals came so fast that I mm-hmm. thought well I'll just get another one yeah you know okay well, that one I- didn't work out unfortunately because I wanted to keep all the studio stuff that we'd done but um, so that's what happened so Criterion just said we'll pass and that was it no more money from them. Um, they owned the master tapes. That was it. It was over. Huh. And um, so we started from scratch, and we played. Back then, there was a th- brand new thing called the No Bozos Jam, and it was Monday nights at the Whiskey, the Whiskey A Go Go, and basically it was any band that wasn't out playing would show up and. Kind of like the Ultimate Jam is right now. That's on Tuesday nights. Real similar. Nowhere near as organized. Or, you know, of course, we have social media and so many things involved these days. Like, to make the the new jam so electrifying. It was just everybody that was playing on the strip would be, you know, which still brought people in. It was an alibi artist uh, promotion, which was Ed Montez. And um, so we were there. Actually, um, pal Joey... The new pal Joey's first show was there, and by the time we actually had a gig of our own, we were like, you know, this pal Joey thing is not working because there's no more Joe. We don't have to keep the name. We lost our publishing deal, so we came up with a new name a day before our first gig, and it was everyone was spitting in combinations of this, that, and the other, and somehow it came out as Mad Moxie as being the name of the band. And Mad is in crazy. Moxie is having guts and determination, like the uh, definition. I didn't know that. And so everyone's like, "You're crazy to stay stay out there in Hollywood and keep going. You know, just just pack it up and you get you gave it your all, and that's it. And it's like, fuck, we haven't even been here a half a year yet. What are you talking about? Yeah, really. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just because you know, we just got an apartment. Yeah, that stuff all disappeared. Yeah, we just now got an apartment. <laughs> You know, what are you talking about? We can actually buy our own groceries now. You know, um, so our, our one bag of vegetables a, a, a week, right? Yeah, right, straight from the farmer's market. Yeah, no, that's so. So we had a lot of you know stuff at home. Of course, Maria's parents wanted her to come back. Um, my parents knew that I was not coming back. They 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 realized that. Um, but still, there were a lot of a lot of people that um, would talk about stuff of that nature. Like you guys should uh, just just call it a night. But I think, let me see, we talked about, uh... so actually real quick about the alley. It was probably one of the coolest rehearsal facilities I've ever been to. 
the main room that they were that we were renting out at the time, which was way cheaper than SIR on the other side of the hill. Um, as I mentioned, we left our gear there. It was uh, there was like an upstairs that had like a a whole corner couch that everyone could kind of hang out and listen to bands in and stuff. I imagined it'd be a lot cooler if someone was a assigned band or super <laughs> important or whatever. And after talking to the people, they opened it in 65 and everyone from Elvis, um, Jackson Brown, Rick Springfield, Rick Nielsen, Michael Jackson, Frank Sinatra, Prince, Fleetwood Mac, Tom Petty, and Jimi Hendrix. And that's just to name a few people that rehearsed there. So it was uh, it was well known. It was secluded. It had a little gate that you could pull into, and no one had any idea. There was nothing that even marked it. There wasn't even a sign that said the alley. They just called it that after you got there. It was Bill and Shiloh ran the place, and they were uh, some awesome hippies. She actually she was a hippie with a um, garden on their roof, and Bill was a biker, and he had a Harley Davidson shop right downstairs that they'd work on building uh, hot rods and, and motorcycles. But the whole place was freaking amazing. It was just uh, one of the coolest places I've been, you know, to this day. Um, I think there was talk about making it into a historic spot. Like they were going to make a, uh, like almost like a museum out of it, you know, due to Frank Sinatra and Elvis and everybody. But actually Kurt Cobain, rehearsed there later on after uh, the Seattle sound came in. Is it still there? No. Oh. I know oh, Bill darn. Bill passed away in like 2016, and I think Shiloh couldn't keep up on it, or I, I don't know, I like all the massive details, but I know that um, it's gone, and they were, like I said, they were discussing maybe making it into a museum or something, but I don't know that anything happened out of it. But super cool place, and we were just walking distance away, and we just walked there. Again, another thing at the time, we found out a few things here and there. But years later, you find out, oh, I guess everybody knows about the alley. We were rehearsing at the coolest place. That's actually where the Ozzy auditions were that I was um, invited to go to as well. Hmm. When they say, hey, you want to audition for Ozzy Osbourne? And, And, of course, Zach Wilde ended up getting that gig. I don't know if we've even mentioned that part yet but um i met zach we were both uh gibson and dorsey's and um he was skinnier and younger than me <laughs> didn't look anything like he looks now that's for sure <laughs> that's nothing true. like the biker viking look <laughs> um he was just some skinny dude that kind of looked a little bit like randy rhodes next time and this one girl turns to me she goes what are you wearing and i go well I didn't want to look uncool. So I was like, oh, I forgot my G-string. <laughs> and she goes... Quick thinking, by the way. Yeah, right? That's really good. Really good. <laughs> oh, I forgot it. I, I had nothing that was right. So she was like, well, I have a cleanness and I have some heels. And so she let me borrow her clothes. I'm one of the last people because I am just like mortified. And um, each girl came back into the room going, oh, I didn't make it. My boobs weren't big enough. For more information, like photos and videos, hit us up on our socials or check out our website, allaboutyoupodcast.com. Till next time. Bye. Bye. It's all about you.